Hey guys, welcome to Backlot Review, an official part of the Backlot Podcast Network. I'm your host, Steven Saria, and I'm joined by my usual co-host, John Kegley. John, say what's up for the good people out there. What is going on, people? That's what I like to hear. I like when you bring that energy over here. What it do, um, baby? <laughs> so in this week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about some Spider-Man news. And then we're going to get straight into our, our topics of the week. We're going to talk about our favorite Brad Pitt films. And then we're going to go into uh, Ad Astra. We're going to talk about Ad Astra for a little bit because that's what we do here. We, we watch movies, movies and talk about we them. We talk about them. And then we talk about how much better I am than John. Wait, what? Wait, did you guys, like, I just want to put this out there into this, into like the atmosphere. I just want to let our listeners and followers know that I beat John in fantasy football. Um, so I have that going for me. I just want to put that we played? out there. Yeah, I, I destroyed you. <laughs> when did we play? Bro, shut up. <laughs> we didn't, play, we didn't play this week because I won up. this week. No, we played two weeks ago, but I forgot to mention it. Oh, uh, god damn it. Like, literally, let me look up at the score because... I hope we play again. I'm pretty sure we will. Yeah, I think because we played so early in the, uh, in the Oh, year. okay, so I beat John 114 to 72. My team I just want to know. Man. My team is. I'm I, making a comeback, though. I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to say that for our listeners. Crazy. <laughs> All right. So there is one thing that happened relatively recently that we're both really excited to talk about. John, do you know what I'm getting at? Does it have to do with Spider-Man? Oh, it actually, has to do with Night Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I, you know, I I thought you were gonna say you're excited for the Madam Web movie. I don't think anyone's excited for the Madam Web movie. Yeah, I, I really, I, I don't even know what you can even do with that. <laughs> like, they have so many. Like, if they do want to do this whole villain universe bullshit that they want to do, like, why Madam Web? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, let's talk about the uh, Spider-Man news. Alrighty. So it has been reported that Sony and Disney have come to an agreement. Spider-Man will be rejoining the MCU for now. Um, Disney and Sony are going to be co-producing the third film in the Spider-Man trilogy. And Spider-Man will be appearing in a future MCU film. Uh, We don't know anything else besides that. This is is, released. This is like a short-term contract is what I'm hearing. Yeah. um, I know a lot of people were like, we're getting hyped for it as they should be. I was one of those people. Um, But the contract is only for two other films. I think... think what it is at the end of the day is that Sony, what I'm hearing, I mean, obviously no one knows. This is all speculation. But what I'm hearing is that um, the good people at Sony, not Sony Pictures, like Sony, like the entire company, um, some of those top people over there were literally telling, you know, some of the top guys at top, at Sony Pictures, like, yo, shut the hell up 
and make, <laughs> get the shit done. Yeah, make a deal with Disney. Like, just just stop. Like, so they, I guess, offered Disney the twenty five percent. I think Disney wanted fifty percent, but they offered twenty five. I think Disney also saw the benefits of it, so Disney accepted. So, from what it sounds like, it's Disney's uh, is going to be putting up twenty five percent of the movie's budget, and will be taking home twenty five percent of the uh, of the movie's of the box profits. office profits. Yeah, so. Um, I mean, obviously I'm excited. I hope this doesn't happen again. I hope that, you know, after the third solo film releases that they can work on another deal because I could see Spider-Man being the only so, um, MCU character to get like multiple films. Like I could see, so I, I remember a rumor that came out a little while ago saying that Disney and Marvel wanted to have nine Spider-Man films three um chronicling his high school years three chronicling his college years and another three as him like an adult um, that'd be awesome which yeah which is super interesting so i could definitely see that happening so i hope that you know they can continue past this but i don't know man it's, like, it's a weird one man like it's I, sony I'm super ex- so yeah i'm super excited that they got a deal done but obviously it's it's just for you know one another solo movie and then obviously an appearance in any either an avengers movie or spider-man could show up and you know doctor strange or whatever the hell they want to throw him in um but like i don't know sony is just so weird and and a lot of people are like there's a lot of speculation too like a lot of rumors coming out about that they're saying that kevin uh kevin they're letting kevin feige you know write spider-man out of the mcu for this third movie or or for his last appearance or whatever like just to kind of like say goodbye to the character for the mcu for sony to take you know full total control of the character and move on with their spider universe um with him i don't know if i like mm-hmm. that though like i feel like i feel like the, the, i feel like spider-man can live within both and i'm like putting quotation marks in the, in the air like both the universes um i don't know i I get the whole, you know, Venom doesn't belong in the MCU or he's not in the MCU, but I feel like you can kind of, you know, dance around that. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, definitely. But the problem is, is that the general audience, unless they're like informed and up to date about all this, is going to get the two universes like confused. I don't. I, think but I don't think you need to even like state that they're two uni- like two separate universes. I don't even think they need to be two separate universes. I think that if Venom. I, I think. I mean, if I'm Kevin agreement. Feige, I don't want Venom anywhere fucking near the MCU. I don't want. No, but at I don't this point, at this point, Venom, Madam Web, anything. I, I don't want that. I agree. Me. I agree 100. percent But like, if that's what you got to do to keep Spider-Man in the MCU, I think I think you just gotta have to like you know bite the bullet and go for it, and then just tell Sony like you know like you can make your movies. Don't make don't ra- make don't, shitty movies. Yeah, one don't make shitty movies. But obviously, don't like try not to make you know too many, if at all, references to the MCU, and we won't make any references to you guys other than you know Spider-Man and uh i could see that working out and it could work out perfectly like and also don't do anything stupid like you know blow up new york city you get what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah um there's a lot of rules here that need to be like written down yeah absolutely but i'm sure that's something that that they've spoken about i'm pretty confident that a deal will be like this deal will be extended uh but at the same time i'm like i'm confident but i'm also you know, like realistic about it. And I could definitely see a world where Sony like just completely takes the character back (laughs) 
and then they put him in with like Venom and Madam Web forever and ever and ever. So my theory is that I know a lot of um you know fans like all over Twitter and Instagram that are making like you know those photos and photoshops of are excited for or hoping for which I'm sure you've heard about Steven is um they want a live action Spider-Verse film but with you know Tobey Maguire reprising his role as Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield uh along with Tom Holland for them to fight some greater good or whatever. And, uh, you know, like, I don't want that film, but I would be excited to see it and to see how they do it. Um, but I don't know. Like, that's a film that I feel like if if Sony does bite the bullet and do, that movie can make a lot of money, bro. If that I'm being honest. can make a honest, lot of money. If I'm being honest, uh, I don't want that movie. Um, They already made a Spider-Verse <laughs> And it was perfectly fine. Why make, like, a live action? I know it'll be cool to see, like, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland all together. But the, well, mo- I agree, the movie's honestly, already like, been made. No, I agree. Like, I, I, um, I'm I, okay with leaving Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the past. Like, I, I enjoyed those movies and, and, those, and their, their portrayals as Peter Parker. But let's leave this in the past because Tom Holland is the future. He's the best. You know, let's, let's keep it going. And obviously, I want him to stay in the MCU. And wow, that was, that was now that that was that powerful, was, uh, right? Yeah, that was very powerful. Um, but now that Sony has, uh, <laughs> should be on a podcast. I I should be right. Um, no, you don't have the voice for it. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> but what's it called? No, but so, I feel like Sony has all this power now when it comes to like you know like they have like Madam Web and the Spider Verse movie did so well. So Why are we like, saying Madam we Web as if like it's? <laughs> well, she could kind of like travel like you know within dimensions and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. I guess. So I'm saying, I'm just saying, like they they're give, they've been given a lot of power. Like they don't just have like Spider Man that swings around New York. Like there's a lot of characters that go with being attached to Spider Man that are you know super strong and powerful and and somebody could do whatever the hell they want. So it's it's a little scary, honestly. Like yeah, I guess. Um, let me ask you a question. What do you think this like the future MCU movie that Spider Man's gonna be in is? I think they might they might just go and make like a young Avengers or just a new Avengers kind of film. Um, I think Kevin Feige is waiting for Phase Four to get started. I I think I honestly think it might be a Phase Four movie to be honest, because obviously like, they're shoehorning now Spider Man Three into Phase Four. Oh, I can see course. them. Yeah, I can see them like attaching an Avengers movie at the end. Um, and not 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 it's not even gonna be them shoehorning it like i'm sure this was his plan all along yeah and he just couldn't obviously he just couldn't say anything like <laughs> yeah he's been he's just holding the hype up he there's a lot of reasons why they don't say anything right away mm-hmm. um so i think he could definitely be a spider-man movie there, there's just so much potential man no or, no no, uh, no but like movie, i mean i mean like what MC, like other MC no i'm about to say avengers i'm about to say avengers my bad okay because at first i would have said maybe doctor strange but, okay, like if he's in Doctor Strange, are you just <clears throat> are you just throwing him into Doctor Strange to help out? Doctor no, no, no. Strange? It would just be it would be like a cameo. Into... It would be like a, a small cameo that basically, um, like Peter Parker goes to Doctor Strange and asks him to like help him reverse. Uh, and spoilers for Far From Home if you haven't seen it yet, just skip forward a little bit. But basically, Peter going to Strange and asking him to reverse, you know, Mysterio releasing his secret identity 
Because that's what that's happens. In, that's a, what happens in the comics. That's actually a good idea. Like, I don't think he goes Damn. to Doctor Strange. I think he goes to Mephisto. Yeah, he goes to Mephisto. But that's actually a genius idea. I know. They should hire that's me. Actually, oh my god. Um, <laughs> no, that's actually a good idea. But a lot of people I see online are talking about is that they think that if he does appear in Doctor Strange, it's for Doctor Strange to somehow teleport Peter into another dimension or like the Sony uh universe and i'm like Ew. i don't see them i don't see them doing that at all Ew. I, even if sony wanted that and told marvel like let's you know let's let's write it like this i don't even see marvel agreeing to that yeah and i don't know i i think at the end of the day like spider-man is gonna live and like kevin feige kind of stated it the other day when they were talking about the deal like Spider-Man could be a character that can kind of live within two universes. And I don't think they mean two universes like, like you know, Spider-Man's going to step into the MCU and then he's going to step into the Sony-verse. And then I think it's going to be like Spider-Man's living within this one world and they're not going to, you know, be in any way like connected. Like we're not going to see any references to Venom in any MCU project. And we're not going to get any references to and the MCU characters in Venom. Mm-hmm. That's at the end of the day, that's what I think they're doing, and they're just going to kind of ignore the whole universe talk. You know what I mean? Okay. Um. So now I want to talk about Spider-Man, but there are some rumors that have been circulating around the interwebs lately. You want to hear some rumors? Rumor time, baby. Okay, so these are rumors. So if it doesn't happen, don't be tweeting at me or us saying that we're full of shit. And, well, well, hold on, hold on. One, one thing I would do want to state real quick is if I'm pretty sure we stated it in a podcast like, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, or we, I think we even tweeted it. But we were saying like we are confident, even with all the news about, you know, Sony saying like, oh, that's it. For, we're done with the MCU. Like, I think we were like we still were like sticking to our guns and saying like we are confident a deal is gonna be made. Just give it a couple months, bro. And I think I think that says something about us, like as people and as hosts. We should we should literally make a podcast. That's a good idea. I don't know what would we name it. Okay, this is done. I'm not gonna spider talk. I'm not gonna keep going on this. All right, so (laughs) (laughs) some rumors for Spider Man Three. Um, what I have read was that this Spider-Man film is supposed to be the darkest film in the Homecoming trilogy, and Chameleon will be the main villain. That that could be good. That could be really. I good. mean, it could be. He's good. not. He's not like a t- a top tier villain. No, absolutely not. Um, I think he was Spider-Man's like first villain though. Um, I wanted Craven personally. Craven would be amazing. Or not Craven, um, uh, Scorpion. Cause just because I think they could good. set up Craven for like a future film. I think they've already set up Scorpion. Actually, he's in. A, I know, hopefully. I know, but like actually, like set him up just because I think. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because they I introduce think... his character. They introduce, that's what I'm gonna say. They introduce him. Okay. Yeah. Um. Just because I think Craven, like I think Peter's too young to face Craven now. Um. I think you know the stakes in Peter's life should be a little higher for when he faces Craven. Um. But basically. Chameleon is speculated to be the main villain in the film, which I can see working out, especially now since, spoiler alert, um, the world knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Um, I'm also reading work. that Jennifer Walters, 
who is She-Hulk, will be cam- uh, cameoing in the film, which could also work because, for those who don't know, Jennifer Walters is a lawyer in the comics. So I can definitely... She's also, she's also Bruce Banner's cousin. Yeah. Um, so I could definitely see that, like them incorporating Jennifer Walters, which I'm like 99% sure that um, I said this during the podcast episode when we talked about um, Spider-Man. I don't remember which episode it was, but I'm like 99% sure I said, I bet you Jennifer Walters will be um, in this film. So if it does happen, I told you so. <laughs> I can actually, I can actually see that. that that'd be a that'd be actually pretty fire if they did that. Her or Matt Murdock would be awesome. Oh, I would love for Matt Murdock, but realistically, I don't see that happening. <laughs> well, I think with all the not like the, the the you know cluster of all the stuff that's been going on with Netflix and and Disney Plus and everything, like I don't think they're gonna introduce you know Matt Murdock or any of those defenders. I don't characters think they can and, like and then, legally. I don't think they can yeah, until like twenty twenty one. Yeah, and if they do, once they do get the rights a hundred percent back, um, I'm sure. Well, at least Daredevil. I don't know Plus about. I don't know about like Iron Fist. That's all Fist. of them. That's no, it's all of them. No, no, no. But I mean, like, I don't think like Iron Fist will one hundred percent be back. Why? Well, no, no. I think it was like a package deal with Netflix. No, I. I mean, like, I don't think that they'll bring them into like the MCU. Maybe Daredevil and Kingpin. I can see them bringing them into the MCU because. I don't know why not. I mean, they're good characters. Like, I don't even think you need to make like an Iron Fist or Luke Cage like TV show or movie. You can you can go and make it like a Defenders, or I'm not Defenders, uh, Heroes for Hire, uh, like series. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's what I was saying that they should do with those two characters in the be- to begin with. But they ended up making their solo shows that didn't really you know work out too well. And um, but, like a Heroes for Hire would have been a fire. Yeah, like, I, that's true. I'd be down for that. That's true. Yeah. Um, but you know what rhymes with Spider Man? Spider-Man. No. Brad Pitt. <laughs> that does rhyme with Spider-Man. <laughs> I never caught that, actually. Brad Pitt would be a phenomenal Spider-Man. Can you imagine? Dude, he would be a great Uncle Ben. What? Yes. Uncle Ben is like 70 years old. Aunt May's not 70. Okay, but he's like 60 years old. MCU, um, MCU Uncle Ben. Why? Tell me it's, already, it's already like established that he's dead already. I know he is. I'm saying like if they needed to like do like a flashback or something, tell me that wouldn't be a fire casting. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not really on this. It's crazy, bro. This guy just wants to go against me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if Deadpool is gonna kind of get like shoehorned into the MCU the way it sounds like it's gonna be, be happening, um, I mean, then Brad Pitt's already in the MCU. Wow, that's true. Actually, so I guess he can be Uncle Ben. Yeah, you can't. You know who'd be a good Uncle Ben? Who? Um, Michael Sarah. Can you see that? What the hell are you <laughs> talking about? Okay, Brad Pitt for real. <laughs> I don't Brad know. Pitt what, would be fire. I don't know what this whole like last like minute is. Yeah, where are we going with this? I don't know. I, um, actually, I know where we're going. <laughs> we're gonna talk about our top five favorite. Uh, brad pitt films because i think that was enough spider-man talk yeah yeah we want to get the spider-man talk out of the way so let's get into some uh brad pitt talk because we're going to be reviewing at astra at astra and did you know brad pitt's in that movie no way yeah i don't know if you knew that no i didn't <laughs> um which i actually do want to mention something about that when we when we get into our review of the film but for now john 
tell us about the film that almost made it into your top five, but just, you know, couldn't find its way in. Are you talking about my honorable mention? Yes. Don't we usually do that after our number one? No. Oh. Sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Okay, well... All right, so we have obviously Steven and I have our top five list. My, but my honorable mention, which is I guess my number six, I still don't understand why we do this. But um, I've explained this honor- to you already. <laughs> I'm kidding. My honorable mention for my top five favorite Brad Pitt movies is <laughs> Deadpool Two. I can't believe you put this shit on your list. <laughs> Tell me that's not that's that's one of the best like like cameos in film, in my opinion. I mean, because, sur- yeah, surprising. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> well, I mean, he was being—he was rumored to play Cable. I don't know if you remember that. I actually don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, he was actually like super close to playing Cable, and then I forgot why he backed out. Or I can't or... see anyone but Josh Brolin as Cable. Honestly, no, he's perfect. He's a, he's such a good he's such a good Cable. Um, but anyways, like I I think what happened though was like he was like you know I kind of want to be like attached to this project in some way because he was like I think him and Ryan Reynolds are boys or something. So obviously they gave him the character of Vanisher, and you don't see Vanisher in the movie because he's literally invisible the entire time until the <laughs> last second that he dies, he gets electrocuted, and you see Brad Pitt for literally a split second. <laughs> so that is my honorable mention because Brad Pitt killed it, literally. <laughs> well, not a bad honorable mention. Um, so my honorable mention is Fight Club. Um, I feel like I had to put this somewhere on my list. Uh, I feel like if you're talking about Brad Pitt movies, that has to be on some list somewhere. I don't know, man. I'm looking. I was looking at his uh, filmography, and damn, he's in a lot of good movies, man. Like, yeah, he, like, he does a lot of good stuff. I could see a world where Brad Pitt isn't on. I mean, where Fight Club isn't on, on like someone's top five list, and I wouldn't really fault them. Cause like I, yeah, I, I, I mean, like Fight Club. Don't get me wrong, but. I mean, it's not one of my favorite movies. He, but like that's that's what goes back to what you're saying. Like he's done a lot of good stuff. And you know what's funny about Brad Pitt is I feel like he's one of those actors that like I don't want to say people clown on, but people are like what's I've never heard people, anyone clown on him. Not clown on him. No, no, no. That's like like that is not the right word I'm going to say. Like I feel like people don't give him the respect that he deserves in Hollywood. What? That's just me. I don't know. I feel like people like dude. He's like no, but I'm saying like he's like literally. I feel like he's a top tier actor, and people don't put him in that top tier list. I just feel like people just like look at Brad Pitt and they're like, they just like, think he's like okay, some okay, handsome no, guy. No, no. Yeah, like they okay. I think I see what you're saying. They don't think he is as good as an actor as he is because he is really, really fucking good. Like he is. Yeah, like, I think I think people think that he's like typecasted in a way because of who he is and how good looking he is. But I'm like, no, like he's actually like, a he, fire like people have actor. always seen him like as a pretty face. Yeah, like like kind of like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like that 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 could be a movie where you could say like he was brought into to like you know because he was a pretty face you yeah. know what i mean like that was not a serious movie but you know, this guy has actually done some good shit and you know he's always bringing no his fo- his, his a game his filmography is insane like wow like I was, I was pretty impressed looking at his filmography as as we were as i mean we were, he's like, worked with tarantino like what three times he's worked with tarantino he's worked with um jesus off the top um David Fincher, obviously, um, a bunch of you know top-notch directors really who filmmakers. know, who know. He's like the the, uh, the anti Will Smith. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, Will Smith just like sells himself as a like brand, and like he doesn't really work with directors who know how to get the most out of his talent. 
Um, because Will Smith is talented. Um, whereas no, Brad, the guy can act. Yeah, but whereas Brad Pitt knows how to pick roles and go with directors who really know how to bring you know the best out of him. And I, I truthfully, in my opinion, I think Brad Pitt is a top five actor working in Hollywood right now. I think you could make a I case. I agree, hundred percent. If I'm being honest, and I might get attacked for this, I think Brad Pitt is a better actor than Leo DiCaprio. Mm. Yeah, just okay. Hear me out. The reason I say this is because I feel like Leo is in this weird sp- like spot where sometimes he overacts, and it's kind of like it, it kind of like pulls me out of the movie where i'm like okay i'm obviously watching leo dicaprio acting you get me okay but what what film would you say he's overacting in like give um, me an example i'd say like in his earlier years i'd say maybe in a little bit in django um a little bit in the departed um and when i say overacting it's not so much like screaming. i i, I get I get what you're saying, honestly. Like, and I, I kind of do see it, but I, I still like, I, I do see that he overacts, but I still, I mean, like, at least in my opinion, I just don't think that that Brad Pitt is as good as him. But I think Brad Pitt is like right behind him. No, I, I disagree. I think Brad Pitt is so much better at doing the subtle things and acting. Where for Leo, it's all, you know, like, like. He needs you know, to in be the, like, in like the, the emotion and the screaming and the yelling, which is not bad. Yeah, yeah. Leo is a great I agree actor. with that, Don't actually. Don't get me wrong. Leo is a great actor, but 95% of the time I'm watching a Leo DiCaprio movie, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this is Leo DiCaprio acting. Whereas, well, I feel like I feel like Leo like has like this stage presence where when he's on when he like he it's like when he's acting like he wants to like not so that he like this is what he wants and craves like i'm just saying like it's like he wants to be like the center of the spotlight you get what i'm saying like he wants like he wants to give like a such a good and 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 like awesome performance that he like Mm -hmm. i can't even explain it whereas brad pitt i i kind of do agree like the whole subtle things that he does is like perfect honestly you know what scene comes to mind when it comes to brad pitt when you're talking about things like that is uh and once upon a time like in the beginning of the movie where he goes back to his like trailer home or whatever and he's mm-hmm. like making his dog's food and stuff like that like mm-hmm. he was just doing little things here and there that I'm like bro like not many actors can do this like and it's 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 such a simple for task me it was actually to, to act in for me it was actually Ad Astra that made me think that now again don't get me wrong I love Leo DiCaprio and I think he's one of the best actors in Hollywood right now he's one of my f- personal favorite actors but I th- I personally, honest to God, think Brad Pitt is. I, I'm not gonna lie to you and say that the gap is like huge. The gap it's not a very large gap between the two actors. I think I just have to give Brad Pitt the slight edge. I mean, just let's because be honest, a lot like, of the times that I'm watching Leo, I know I'm watching Leo. Whereas yeah, Brad Pitt, I, 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 I feel I morphs into his roles a little bit better than than Leo does. All right, I can respect it. I mean. At the end of the day, like you can make an argument about who's better, but at the end, like these two two guys are are some of the top actors you'll ever see in Hollywood ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, kudos to both of them. Yeah, bro. and they, the fact that we got both of them in a Tarantino film this year is in- incredible. Was it? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So, right. so that was my honorable mention, John. What's your number five? So my number five is actually Ad Astra. I'm not gonna really go into too much detail since we're gonna be reviewing the movie in like five minutes. Um, but yeah, I thought Brad Pitt did a great job in that movie. I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I'm a sucker for space movies. 
So that's my number five. <laughs> yeah, don't get into that too much because we're going to get into that later. I actually wanted to put Ad Astra on my list. Um, I just couldn't take out any of these films like in favor of it. My number five is actually Burn After Reading. Um, Burn After Reading is a Coen Brothers movie, which Brad Pitt is pretty important in. But the reason this is my number five is because this is the first Brad Pitt movie that I remember watching and that made me think he is a great comedic actor. Dude, I, I, wow, like, I forgot about this movie. I had to Google it. Like, this is the, yeah, I'm telling you, this is the first movie that that I watched Brad Pitt in, and I was like, damn, he needs to be in more comedies because his physical comedy is so good. And this this is a stacked cast. This is a a film with Francis McDormand, George Clooney, John Malkovich, uh, Tilda Swinton, Richard Jenkins, uh, J.K. Simmons is in this film. Um, And it is a Coen Brothers movie. And, I don't want to get into spoilers because there's a lot of Brad Pitt's like <laughs> a lot of what he does in this film is a spoiler. Um, but there's one particular moment in this film from Brad Pitt um, that I will probably. I mean, the movie's been out for years. I think you you could just say it. I I, I don't want to because it's I want them it's... to watch this movie. I want people to watch okay, this movie. Okay. Um, I it. And this is like one of those moments that has just stayed with me like since I've seen this. Um, and I have to put this on my list because I really think Brad Pitt should do more comedies. <laughs> and like, you can kind of see yeah, it in Once Upon a Time. He, he has a lot of that that dry humor that he's good at. Um, but he he needs more comedic roles because, man, he has the fucking acting chops for it. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> um, so my number... Okay, that was number five. So my number four... Yeah, that's how numbers work. Actually... Oh, my God. You know what comes my before number four... four what three what comes before three why wait, wait why is six afraid of, why is six afraid of seven i'll entertain you why because seven eight nine oh, just give me, give me a number four <sighs> my number four is once upon a time in hollywood uh we actually reviewed this movie um a couple episodes ago did we so wait this is our are we doing a podcast <laughs> stop with this joke this joke needs to die <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that's actually my number four that's that movie's i think phenomenal i really i really really enjoyed it um brad pitt acted i think i think brad pitt acted better in this movie than leonardo dicaprio did so that, that goes back to our argument that steven was saying um i think brad pitt was like the best part of this movie so i would yeah. be inclined to agree with you i think again i don't think the gap between the two of them in this film was that big because leo does have one of my personal favorite scenes in it but i will probably give the slight edge to brad wait what scene are you talking about um the one where uh leo is in his trailer well it's technically two scenes but i'm counting it as one where leo is in his trailer and he's like beating himself up over like messing up his lines and then he comes out and then he fucking kills it yeah i love that scene yeah so um is that it you have anything else to say no, that's it. I mean, we reviewed it, so there's really not much to go into detail about. Okay, so my number four, and it might be a little surprising to some, um, is actually Ocean's Eleven. That's a good. That's a good one. Um, just because I think this is one of those classic Brad Pitt charisma films, um, that really just shows how he can just pull your attention 
like on the screen, like how he gravitates, how your eyes just gravitate towards him um, more than you know most actors. Because this is a film with a stacked cast. I mean, you have George Clooney, um, Matt bro, Damon. You know what I'm noticing about Brad Pitt is that like most of his movies in the past, like what ten years, have like a stacked ass cast. I mean, yeah. It's like it's as if he like he demands it when they bring him on. He's like, bring everybody on board. <laughs> bring all my boys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, really, the only reason I gave Ocean's Eleven the edge over, you know, Burn After Reading, Fight Club, uh, Assassination of Jesse James, um, and Ad Astra is because I think this is your quintessential Brad Pitt charisma machine, whereas he's, he just oozes cool every single moment that he's on fucking screen in this movie. Um, and he's sharing a screen with George Clooney, who is probably like top 10 coolest people alive. Except when he was in Batman. I don't know. I think th- I thought the bat nipples were pretty cool. And the bat credit card. And turned you on a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Ocean- Ocean's Eleven is my number four. <laughs> oh, man. Um, my number three is actually uh, Fury. And if you haven't seen Fury, it's a war movie directed by David Ayer. Is this the Nick yes. Fury bio? <laughs> the Nick Fury MCU movie? <laughs> Yes, it actually is. Um, no, nah, this movie is directed by David Ayer. Uh, I know David Ayer gets a lot of crap because of the uh, Suicide Squad movie that he directed. But he, this is actually, like, one of his best movies, um, if not the best. That and, like, maybe End of Watch. But it's a phenomenal movie. Um, it actually has a pretty stacked cast, like we were saying earlier. Like, Shia LaBeouf is in it, who, if you've listened to older episodes, you know, Stephen and I are huge fans of Shia. Um, Logan Lerman, like John Bernthal, uh, Michael Pena, I think Jason Isaacson. Wait, isn't it, like, isn't Logan of... Lerm- Lerman uh, Percy Jackson? <laughs> yes. <it is>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like they're all in it, and it's just a really great war movie. Brad Pitt acts his ass off. Um, not much to say, honestly, man. Like it's that's that movie. Like I just remember being like in the theaters watching Fury, and like. I'm not gonna say I was like you know taken away by how great it was, but I was like it, it it like left it was like a movie that left an impact where I walked out and I was like dude I really enjoyed that like that was a really fun not fun but like a really good movie. Okay. Um, I actually still so, haven't seen it. Really? I yeah. mean, have you seen have you seen End of Watch by David Ayer with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? Is that isn't that Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena? Michael Pena. Um, yeah. Have you seen that one? I saw the beginning. I never finished it though. I was like, no, because like when I saw like, because when I saw, obviously I saw Fury and End of Watch, I was like, bro, these are two fire movies. Like David Ayer is a great filmmaker, bro. So when he got attached to Suicide Squad, I was like, damn, bro, like that movie's about to be fire. I think and everyone, I, like, I think everyone garbage. thought that at some point. <laughs> and it's the movie just came crazy out and it was to me, like Garbanzo. And he also made Bright. I don't know if you saw Bright. I didn't like it, but I know a lot of people that did like it. I, I, I just don't think that movie's that good at all. Nah, um, I mean, I never bothered to watch it. It looked pretty stupid, honestly. Not yeah, stupid, but I, I don't know. It just didn't I wouldn't recommend it. Interesting. Um, is that all you have to say about Fury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on to your number three. I'm actually surprised you don't have this one on your list. Uh, my number three is Seven, directed by Dude, David know, I Fincher. I don't think I saw it. What? Seven. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw it. Oh, wait, yeah. This is one with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting Seven confused with... Um, what movie am I getting this confused with? I'll get back to you on that. Let me like do my research while you talk. What's wrong with this guy? Um, actually, it actually is a great movie. Yeah, I had to put seven on this. Um, like David I was saying, David Fincher is a phenomenal director, dude. Can I speak? No, it's my <laughs> podcast. 
Um, yeah, David, David Fincher's, in my opinion, top five director right now. Um, I agree. Actually, I would have to think about that. Um, don't hold me to that. Um, again, directed by David Fincher, starring Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman. Um, I think this movie is the movie in Brad Pitt's career that you know really uh, solidified him. Yes, as you know, like. A, le- a leading man you know like because this came out before yeah this came out before 12 monkeys oh uh, well yeah, it came out I the same I, year but it came out right i think before. this was the movie i agree like the movie that like like solidified like yeah him as a leading roar like like it kind of like made him brad pitt you know yeah, what I mean? like, like this guy's like, a okay, real this, deal yeah like this guy can can act yeah. um if you haven't seen this film go watch it i mean there's really not much to say about it i think Pitt's um, display of emotion, um, especially in the last act, and how his character goes from, you know, this cocky, young, um, eager, you know, detective to kind of wisening up and, you know, becoming... But he still maintains that, like, hard-headed, you know, arrogance um, to just watching that deteriorate and watching him break. Um, You know, props to David Fincher, you know, uh, great character development but i think it takes you know a great actor to really you know drive it home uh, and i think brad pitt went above and beyond yeah i agree that's actually a great movie i need to like and to hold <laughs> and to hold your own against morgan freeman that's not easy no it's not um okay so with that being said my number two is mr and mrs smith Bro, so you have the weirdest like movies like at the top of your list always. I I feel like I, at this point like I just got to stay consistent with it and always pull out that one movie that no one's ever expecting. I mean, I had like Pink Panther on one of my lists, so I don't blame you. But that was like a list that we didn't take too serious. Like this is a more what? serious. Yes, list. I did. I love that movie. Was, no, I'm talking about that list though. Like, what was that list? Like top, you know, movies for top. Like, I think it was like animated. No, and... I think it was like animated. Cartoons yeah, that were made into like movie. feature films or whatever. Yeah, I love what whatever. The, don't slander Pink Panther. I mean, wait, hold on, hold on. Are you hating on Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Do you want to know something? Yes. I've actually never watched it. You've never seen this movie? Yeah, I don't know. I just bro, this that. movie's like on TNT every day. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. watched it. I know, but it's just not something that I don't know. Like I just never no, really went out actually... of my way to like. I never woke up one day and was like, you know what? I want to watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Bro, it's a fire movie. You need to watch this. I mean, it's number like, two on your list, but dude, it's it's actually really good. I really like like this is another movie where Brad Pitt is just like you're watching him and you're like, bro, he's so fucking cool. <laughs> like, I want, is this a movie that's gonna make me want to be Brad Pitt? Yeah, honestly. Fuck it, I'll watch it. Awesome. What's your number two? <laughs> Simple to the point. I like that. Uh, my number two is actually Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Um, I think. I mean, no surprise, it's on my list. <laughs> oh yeah, but mine is like way higher. I know. Here's that number four. Um, I don't know. I just think okay. There's just something about Brad Pitt being fucking cool in movies, and I think this is like Brad Pitt, you know, being a grizzled, you know, stunt acting veteran who like just doesn't give a shit anymore, and he just you know goes about his day, being a badass twenty four seven. I think. Pitt, you know, really captures that 
you know, that attitude. I think he does a great job of bottling that attitude up and, you know, being, knowing when to be serious and when to like, you know, be a little funny in like a dry kind of way. Um, however, I do think his role isn't, you know, completely possible without Tarantino because Tarantino knows how to write characters. Um, but I do have to give props to Brad Pitt in this. Um, because in a movie with Leo DiCaprio, Al Pacino, uh, Margot Robbie, uh, f- you know, Brad Pitt, in my opinion, was the best out of all of them. Yeah. Not by much, but he was the best out of all of them. And I feel like I need to give him props. Yeah. I mean, honestly, bro, like with, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Ad Astra, like he's, this is a good year for Brad Pitt. Like yeah, I can see him definitely winning. Year. He needs to win an Oscar, man. Like okay, but what, he's done two phenomenal what, movies. What does he get nominated for? What do you think? Well, he could get nominated for Best Supporting Actor in Once Upon a Time, no? Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd lean towards that one. And you can even you can even put him up for Best uh, Actor for Ad Astra. I would, but I feel like it would be wasted because reports coming out for the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix is killing it. Um, it would be wasted, but you have Leo DiCaprio good, Once Upon a to Time to get the nod for the nominee, like to get nominated, is is you know a great honor. No, of itself. course, but I, I just think he would have a better chance at winning supporting actor. Than... Well, can you get nominated for both? I believe some actors have. Um, I don't know if that rule has been changed, so don't quote me on that. Um, I don't know exactly like how it works now, but if he, I, if I had to pick one, I would choose for him to be best supporting actor, just because I yeah, think he I has a better chance no, of winning. I agree. Yeah, and and I, I I think that his role in Once Upon a Time was awesome. So especially all the stuff with the uh, uh, Charles Manson and all that stuff, like that entire scene, like he acted his ass off, man. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, what's your number one? So yeah, my number one is actually Fight Club, which was Steven's honorable mention. Um, it's just another movie that uh, it's just a great movie, man. Like it's, it, I feel like Fight Club is one of those movies that you have to see like i think every person should watch like i feel like that should be on a list like if you, if you had to make a list or move like for movies that everybody should watch i feel like fight club has to be on that list it's it's just so good it's so twisty and and i feel like you know people hear the word fight club or like the people that haven't seen the movie they'll see like you know they'll see like the poster for it or you know they'll hear like you know the fight club and they think it's a movie about like fighting and it's like really not all about that at all um Obviously, the Brad Pitt's fire in that movie. Edward Norton's fire in that movie. Have you it's, read it's so the good. Have you read the highest rated Letterbox review ever? No. It's actually for Fight Club. You want me to read it? Yeah, read it. Okay, give me one moment. I'm actually looking, uh, <laughs> looking for it right now. Um, you were saying earlier that David Fincher did Fight Club too, right? Um, yes, David Fincher directed Fight Club. If I'm not mistaken. He's, yeah, he did. I just googled it. He, dude, he loves Brad Pitt. He, he gets Brad Pitt in so Who many Who doesn't movies. like Brad Pitt? Okay, so this is, I think it's the most liked letterbox review ever for Fight Club. Um, this is by, it's actually by user <laughs> Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first watch. Fight Club is the best movie ever made. Second watch. Fight Club is a deep commentary on the dangers of consumerism. Third watch. Fight Club is a disgusting cesspool of toxic masculinity, and it's not as deep as its fanboys think it is. Fourth Watch. Fight Club is a critique of toxic masculinity, and it's deeper than its fanboys think it is. Fifth Watch. Fight Club is the best satirical gay rom-com ever made. (laughs) (laughs) 
actually so good. Um. So yeah, I, honestly, I can't think or watch Fight Club anymore without thinking of that review. That, that review kind of ruined the movie for me. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Sorry to ruin it for everyone. But now I ruined it for everyone else. So if I can't watch the movie anymore, I'll no never, one I'll can. Never, I'll, I'll never be able to watch it ever. No ever one again. can. <laughs> uh, okay, so. so what's your number one? Uh, this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who knows I'm a Quentin Tarantino stan. My number one is Inglorious Bastards. There's no way any other film was going to be number one on this. I think he gives the second best performance in this film, um, second only to Christopher Waltz. Um, Which is amazing company. Yeah, incredible company. Um, it's Brad Pitt speaking an Italian accent. That put me over the edge. Gorlami. You've seen Inglorious Bastards, right? Yeah, yeah, he's firing that. I had it on my list, but I had just took it out. Yeah, well, I think I took it out just to add Deadpool for little for comedic purposes. Jesus Christ, why are you on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my number one is Inglorious Bastards. I don't really think I need to explain this. No, if you've seen it, you know. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So I have an that, idea. I have an idea. What's up? I think we should talk about Ad Astra. Um, do you want to talk about it? Like, do you want to record a podcast for this? <laughs> Stop. I, I said, okay, look, instead of talking about Ad Astra, I think we should continue our Uncle Ben talk. <laughs> Uncle Ben in space. Uncle. <laughs> okay. So Tom, around, oh, Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones up, would up, be a phenomenal Uncle up, Ben. <laughs> shut up. Okay. So our review on Ad Astra starting right now. What are you thinking about? I do what I do because of my dad. He was a hero. He gave his life for the pursuit of knowledge. Control, you're getting that over. Alrighty, so Ad Astra. For those of you who don't know um, what the film is about, I'm going to give a quick IMDb synopsis. Astronaut Roy McBride undertakes a mission across an unforgiving solar system to uncover the truth about his missing father and his doomed expedition that now, 30 years later, threatens the universe. So this is a film directed by James Gray, written by James Gray and Ethan Gross, and starring Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones and Ruth Negga. Um, this is a movie. Wow. Yeah, right. I realized that like halfway through, I was like, "Holy shit, this is a movie!" <laughs> and all okay. In all seriousness, um, if you know who James Gray is, um, and in case you don't. This is um, the person who directed The Lost City of Z. I like that movie. I loved The Lost City of Z. I know a lot of people shat on it. A lot, a lot of people shit on it, but I thought it was really good. It's it's just a long and and very drawn out movie, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. No, it has Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson, Charlie Hunnam, Ian McDermott is in it. Um, I love that I didn't movie, even, dude. I actually watched this movie like months ago, and I had no idea Tom Holland was in it. 
Uh, I'm like watching because Tom Holland, like for those of you that don't know, like he shows up like in the last like 30 minutes of the movie, 40 minutes maybe. Um, so when Tom Holland shows up, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, well, Spider Man's in this. Yeah. Wait, like, so does that make but... Charlie Hunnam Uncle Ben? Or Ian McDermott Uncle Ben? I mean, you can make the argument for both. <laughs> Shit. I'd, I'd be down for Charlie Hunnam to pay uh, Uncle Ben. I think a lot of people didn't like Lost City of Z because it's so long and I don't want to say slow um, because the movie, I don't know, because slow makes it sound like the movie was like a drag to watch. Um, I, I may yeah, be biased. A lot of people take that the wrong way. Yeah, I may be biased though because I love, um, you know, drama, like adventure films like this. But I, I could see why a lot of people were turned off from this. But basically, if you don't know who James Gray is, he is a director who... His movies have a very deliberate pace. Um, His movies are not, you know, kinetic. Um, They don't have a lot of energy. They're almost kind of like meditative in a sense, Um, which is what I loved about Ad Astra. Um, I loved this movie. I absolutely... I think it's his, be- I think it's his best movie. James Gray? Yeah. I mean, he has a few, but I mean, this is really only his second, you know, big budget theatrical release, isn't it? I think he did uh, The the Immigrant with um, with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was, um, yeah, Jeremy Renner's in that movie, too. Hawkeye? <laughs> yeah, Best Avenger. Um, oh, no. But I, I love this movie, and, you know, part of it is because... It was almost, like I said, it's almost like kind of like this meditative, you know, film, which is very much a character study. It's not really like a plot driven film. And I know a lot of people um, knock on it because, you know, the plot is pretty simple. And there are a lot of plot holes, which um, we'll get to, you know, when we get to spoilers um, that a lot of people have pointed out. Um, However, I'm able to look past that because for me, this is definitely more of a character study um and a look into um depression and you know um you know being you know very doubtful of people and distrusting um and it was a look into you know this person um roy mcbride's psyche and you know how his character you know deals with this expedition to go find his father um Mm -hmm. personally i loved it um it is a little bit of a hard watch, especially if you're not like a huge sci-fi fan, um, or if you don't really like slow movies. I would not. I don't. I kind of disagree. I don't think you need to be a sci-fi fan to enjoy this. I mean, I mean, I'm a huge sci-fi fan, so like I'm also like a little bit biased. But I, I don't know. This is not a movie that I would recommend to like. You know. Okay. Like, I I I look at the movie as like it's very like it's like a psychoanalytical kind of like film and if you look at it as that and you know me i'm a character I'm, I'm a i'm all for for like the way a character's story is told and when it comes to like character development and all that stuff and i, I think ad astra does a really good job at that so if you're like you know the kind of person that likes storytelling like i do mm-hmm. and you're you know you don't have to be all into sci-fi i think you can still enjoy it but obviously like, if you are into sci-fi it's like the cherry on top in my opinion okay um i mean Again, I love this movie. It's not perfect. I did have two really big problems with it. 
um, that I think were really unnecessary. Things that I thought were really unnecessary in the film. Um, you want to get into that in the spoiler talk? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, we'll get into it in spoilers. It, but do you have yeah, anything you want? Just to... one. What? Yeah, I mean, I was gonna go off of what you were saying. There's one scene in particular that I didn't really like in the movie. Um, okay, but d- um, just give your. We'll get that spoiler talk. Yeah, spoiler talk. But I, I did. Yeah, I did love this movie too. Um, it's it's a movie that actually made me think for a while. So if a movie can make you think, wow. And I know you never really think. <laughs> you saw your opportunity. Got and you just took it. You threw, that was actually you good. Threw me, Prop, you threw me the I'm I'm actually just quitting the podcast now. So this is just Steven's <laughs> podcast now. Bye. Um, no, I, I actually really enjoyed the movie and, um, it's, it's really good the acting by, you know, Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones is really good. I, I think it's a really good, uh, film at world building. If that's absolutely. like the right way to put no, it. I, I, I see what you're saying. Absolutely. I'd agree with that. Um, and I actually, I, I really appreciate what they were doing with that. And, um, it, it was fun, man. Like I, I enjoyed it. And I saw, did you see it in Dolby? Cause I saw it in Dolby. Unfortunately, I did not. Yeah, I wish I would have seen it in IMAX, it. but I couldn't. Unfortunately, and not Dolby. No, yeah, I'm saying I, I, I would have rather had seen it in IMAX. Why over Dolby? Um, bigger screen. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, Dolby is. Um. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, now that I think about it, of course it. I'm right. But Dolby's always fun to watch because you know loudspeakers and I think it's like 4K or some shit. But anyways, um. I really enjoyed the movie. I think it's really good. I think if you're into sci-fi, 100% go watch it. If you're not into sci-fi, I'd still say go watch it. Um, Brad Pitt's fire, man. He I, I, he really like he does so much such good stuff. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't really know how much more we can talk about this without spoilers because there's yeah, there's really yeah, there's not much we can really talk about. Cause I, 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 the thing is too, like even if we talk about little things of this movie, it's like little things that I want people to go watch and experience. You know what I mean? Like, for themselves. Don't don't get, like, the little things spoiled for you either when it comes to, like, the world-building aspect of it or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's all little things that I, I, like, I really appreciate in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want people to get, you know, that stuff ruined for them. So with that being said, I think we should now jump into some spoilers. Okay. So spoilers for Ad Astra starting right now. Um, I wanted to kick off spoilers by just, you know, <laughs> um, shouting out, like, a, a Reddit comment that I found about the movie that actually like really made me laugh. <laughs> this is from Reddit user Dickie Seamus. <laughs> he says, I liked it, but I feel I would have liked it more if I hated my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, that's actually which, good. That's great. Which, um, yeah, I, I can agree. Cause <laughs> if I, <laughs> if I hated my dad, I, I would connect with like Roy's character, like so much more because man, Tommy Lee Jones is a fucking dick in this movie. Oh yeah. He's an asshole. Like the whole, but when he pretty much just tells him like I never yeah, loved he's you, like, I was like, <laughs> he's like, Dad, Jesus Christ, he's like, Dad, I traveled all this way for you. <laughs> he's like, ooh. What planet was he on? Like Neptune or something? Yeah, he was on Neptune. I'm like, bro, like, this guy just traveled like the entire gal or so uh, Milky Way and shit to fucking <laughs> see you, and you're literally gonna just be like, yeah, bro, I never liked you. Yeah, sorry, bro. I never like thought about you once. <laughs> so wait, who are you? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was actually comedy. Um, so yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I was expecting that you know whole, you know, twist. Um, especially like when he wasn't responding towards like two Brad Pitt's messages, which I want to bring up later. Um, in the spoiler section, but I kind of like was. Exp- we are in the spoiler section. 
Oh, shit, here. I mean, no, I meant, like, later, like. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Um, I guess we'll talk about the things that we didn't like, just because I want to get those out of the way before we talk about the things that we did like. Um, okay, there's one scene that I have a really big problem with, um, which I don't know if it's the scene that you had in mind. It might not be, but but this it. is the scene shortly after Brad Pitt joins um, the crew to fly from the moon to Mars, I believe it was, and they stop about halfway to investigate a ship who hasn't been, um, you know, who sent out a distress signal, but they haven't been answering any. Like they haven't been answering any, you know. Yeah, that's the exact same thing I was thinking about. Um, so Brad Pitt's character and um, the captain of the ship, I don't remember his name. They go on board the ship to investigate. My problem with this scene, um, it is suspenseful and it does have tension, but I feel like these scenes are only vehicles to create tension um, because this scene added nothing to the film and could have been completely removed from it and not have changed the narrative in any way whatsoever. It kind of took me out of the movie too because... the whole thing with the monkey, like the, the, the that they were experiment experimenting with in space. This is the exact same scene, right? I'm yes, yes, yes. This is the scene with the monkey. Okay, so like it was a super suspenseful scene, which you know, cool, but like, yeah, it, it kind of just took me out of the movie because I'm like, wait a second, like, is this turning into like a horror movie or something? Like, what the hell are we doing here? Like, what kind of movie is this? And then, and then after that, obviously after that scene, the movie goes like right back on track to you know have the slow and the way James Gray likes to direct movies, you know what I mean? Like, so it was just like, it was a scene that just kind of took me out of it. Now I can see now I could kind of give it like the benefit of the doubt when you look at it in the sense that basically this scene foreshadows the end of the movie because a big point in this movie, um, one of the big like themes is, you know, the search for other life. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones's character revolves around him, um, you know, going insane because he cannot find, you know, other life forms out, you know, in the galaxy or, um, in the solar system. So in a, in a vacuum, you know, this scene kind of, you know, foreshadows that because you see the claw marks, you know, on the wall, you're thinking, you know, maybe they were attacked by an alien, but at the end it's revealed, you know, to be almost one of us, you know, it, it, it was an ape. You know, yeah. kind of, you know, kind of related to like the human species, um, which really the theme is, you know, we are our own enemy. You get where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah, I do. So like I could kind of see, you know, I could kind of see it through like those lens, but you could portray that. Like I think the film already does like a good enough job portraying that. 100%. Um, that they really didn't need this scene and this could have knocked was, yeah, off like it was 15 minutes of, of runtime. Yep, I agree 100% with that. Um, Now, another really big <laughs> problem that I have with this movie, and it's a really big problem, is the scene when Brad Pitt manages to get on the ship as it's leaving Mars, and this crew of astronauts who have been tasked <laughs> with going to um, Neptune to destroy Brad Pitt's father's ship, you know, pretty smart people, right? They're fucking dumb. Like they're they're shooting guns inside of a spaceship. You know, like oh Brad yeah, a hundred percent. They're like trying to fight him. And well, the way the 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 one girl died, like in the beginning, was like such a weird. Like yeah. I was like, are you stupid? Yeah, and they all they, like like 
for this scene, like all, you know, intelligence just kind of like went out the window because they all die like morons. And these are scientists. Like these are yeah. astronauts. These are like the best of the best. Um, and then they're here yeah. like shooting guns, fighting Brad Pitt, like during takeoff when they should have been like just strapped down and just been like, oh, okay. Like you could just leave him back there. <laughs> We're taking off. He's, you know, not really going to have the force to do anything. And then we'll deal with him later. So like, I don't know. Like they, I, th- I think like the stupidity of, you know, these characters really like took me out of the film for a little while. I 100% agree. Um, I actually didn't even think about that until you said it because i'm like damn like they actually like (laughs) like these are characters that should obviously be like super smart and intelligent and they were just like idiots for those five minutes and that's it yeah (laughs) (laughs) like and and they didn't really serve you know much purpose to the plot other than another vehicle for tension you get me yes like i don't really see what else you know they added except Hey, here's a little fight scene to kind of like you know hold over the people who are probably going to complain on how slow this movie is. Um, but I, I had a. Re- you think you think that was like a reason why they might have added that? Yeah, most likely. I could definitely see that. I could see this. I could see the studio like looking at this film and being like, "Hey, you need to add you know, kind of like a short you know, not a fight scene, but something to like raise the tension, like a, a little tension builder." You get me? Yeah. Which because yeah. it is it is a pretty slow burn. Um anything else that you didn't like before we talk about what we liked? Um I mean I, I other than that, like I I enjoyed the movie, so no, that was pretty much it for the most part. Okay. So I think one of the things that I like the most about this is it's world building, like you said, and how it conveys like a sense of like a near future, like a not so distant future. Like all of this is feasible. You get me? Mm-hmm. Like this isn't like Star Trek where like, you know, the future is super happy and you know, um, look at all these spaceships and high tech weaponry and, and yeah, yeah, we're traveling, you know, shit. galaxies away yeah. and, and, and um, blah, blah, blah. And it's not so much like 2001, a space odyssey, which is kind of, you know, with a little sense of like wonder and hope. I feel like this is definitely the most realistic look at the future where like where it's basically hey there most likely isn't we like, we most likely will never you know come into contact with other life forms so we as like human beings need to get our shit together if not we're screwed or like we are our own you know biggest enemy you get me yes yes um so I do like you know how they portrayed that um I like how they uh, portrayed, you know, the flights to the moon, how they were basically like the next generation of airplanes. Um, uh-huh. And they had that little... Oh, he had to pay like $125 for yeah, he had to pay like $150 blanket. for a blanket and a pillow. <laughs> that got yeah. like a little like chuckle out of me and like yeah. the audience I was with, you know, laughed at that. Um, I felt like everything down... To- oh, and, and then like, you know, the moon... Like the base kind of looked like an airport, you know. They had like the Applebee's and shit. The Applebee's, yeah. yep. <laughs> um, which is crazy. Freaking hundreds of years from now, Applebee's is still a thing. Um, I don't even know anyone that still eats Applebee's, to be honest. Like, when was the last time you went to Applebee's, Stephen? I was probably like, I don't know, like 10 years old. I'm actually down to go back to Applebee's one of these days if you're down. No, absolutely not. Just for Ad Astra, bro. <laughs> be like, yeah, Ad Astra sent me here. Uh, so yeah, I do like how um, this movie 
kind of balances not being super, you know, heavy. Um, like it's not super miserable and depressing. Um, but it's also not super, you know, hopeful and like cartoonish. Um, I think this is like the most realistic ish, you know, look at, you know, what could be possible in the future for us. Like in in terms of like space technology and shit. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um yeah, the whole world building that they did and is is just really good and it, it like gives me hope for like the future of, of space travel and all that stuff because like I, I know you you're very much like me when it comes to like we're both super into astronomy and all that stuff and obviously sci-fi so it, it was just a cool thing to okay and when he okay viewers when he says astronomy we do not mean like horoscopes <laughs> and shit we just mean like you just, like you actual just took a shot astro- at Brianna <laughs> like actual who is that. <laughs> Like actual astronomy, like yeah, planets like we're actually and stars into like learning about space. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. they do a good job with um, that stuff, and I'm, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed all that 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 part of the film. Um, I'm surprised we haven't talked about the visuals yet. I think the visuals, in my opinion, these are the best visuals I have seen. In Honestly, a while, I, if I'm being honest, most scenes I could say, yeah. But there was like one scene that I remember when he was um like floating in space with his dad at like when they were at Neptune or whatever, and um I don't know what it was like the maybe like the lighting or something where like I can literally tell like that they were in a green screen. Now I know movies aren't perfect, but we've come a long way. You know what I mean? Like I there was just like one. It was like maybe like 10 seconds of the scene i'd have to like go back and watch it and like you know point it out i can't remember the exact moment that it happened um but I, there was like one time where i didn't remember i was like Ugh, that just not does not look good but other than that it looked great and like the whole you know scene where they're on the rovers and on the moon like i thought that looked awesome yeah like i think the film just does a great job of conveying the you said that was such like, mm, and like, like conveying. The... <laughs> conveying the vastness and the loneliness of space, um, which I wish was conveyed like a little bit more, you know, in the writing. Because like I know Brad Pitt is like like spends like there's like a quick montage of him like. Like, oh, you know, the journey to Neptune is, you know, 80 days or whatever. And he's alone for like 80 days. But it's like a quick montage. You never really like get that sense that he's like, like lonely on the ship. Like, well, the they, 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 like they definitely person. try to like show you that he's kind of like going crazy in a way. But then again, like yeah, yeah, I, now yeah, that I think about it, like they don't really do much after that with like they were trying to show. I. I you know what I'm saying? Like they were trying to show this whole thing of like him going crazy for like being alone for 80 days and 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 waiting to see his dad, and they don't really build on that. So was that necessary? Yeah. I mean, I guess they they could just be trying to show you like you know this is a real thing. Like if you're like alone for 80 days, like this guy is, and blah blah blah. Like this could drive you insane. But they don't really do anything after that with mm-hmm. that build up. Yeah, I mean, um. I kind of see what you're saying. I agree. I would like to a certain extent. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to the soundtrack. Who did the score? The score it was so good. I, say? I think the score was. 
Um. Oh my God. I think it was Max Richter, well, but I could right be now. wrong. I know he did the scores for the Fountain. I know Max Richter has a song on it. However, I haven't been able to find like the official score, so I'm not 100 percent sure if like he did everything or just yeah, like score one was song. Definitely, uh, was very very good. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was him. Yeah, super good. Uh, score. Um, I think the score was incredible. Um, I just think this film. If you like those kind of like slow burn character studies, I think this is an incredible, um, you know, Here, iteration of the, that. To pause on that, we uh, I actually just got a message from someone that is a fan of the podcast that's listening to us live right now, uh, and they sent me a message saying, <clears throat> and I actually this is a good way of of you know articulating what I was thinking. Um, they wrote, in my opinion. The psychiatric assessments were done to show that he's not crazy like his dad, and I think he knew that, so he kept himself calm so he could be different than his father because his father went crazy in space, killed all these people, and he didn't want to be like that. So he specifically didn't go crazy or force himself to go crazy for that reason. But he... I can see that, but he doesn't know that his father went crazy up until... Well, he knows that his father kind of went crazy because he knows for a fact that his dad killed those people. But, no, but he doesn't find that out until later. No, this is on the way to Neptune, so that was before. No, yeah, yeah, I'm saying, like, like, like he finds that out in Neptune, but the psych, like, he does the... No, he finds that out before. No, I... Yeah, when, on Mars. That his, when his dad killed the people, right? Yeah, on Mars. Yeah, and he was going like, crazy after that. Uh, okay, yeah. Like, when he's on the spaceship, like, on that little montage, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. I, I That's a good, good, you know, viewpoint. Yeah, that is. Um, I mean, I've said pretty much everything I have to say about this about this film. I don't know. Do you have anything else? <sighs> felt very really. like I mean, it felt like very dreamy at some points. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think meditative is the best way that I can put this. Like, yes, this film. It's a very and meditative movie. Yeah, it goes back to what you were saying about James Gray. He makes a lot of films like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I I guess to you know conclude everything i i really enjoyed this movie a lot it's it, it'll probably i mean if i i don't have a, a top list of favorite you know space films um but if i did i would probably put this on my list um it just it's really good man it, and it's a movie that makes you think you know what i mean like i walked out like thinking you know what i mean like it's I very psychoanalytic like you know like a psychoanalytical kind of movie where you're just like Brad Pitt is like narrating most of the movie like Brad Pitt has a ton of lines in the movie because he's, he's like either talking to himself or he's narrating like the story like you know mo- moving it forward so uh, the there's a lot of was okay was what the narration was like okay in my opinion there were some lines that were like super cheesy as far as like narration goes. It's not like on the level of like Blade Runner. Um, I I liked it. I, like, I could appreciate it. I don't know. There were some moments where like I could appreciate it, but there were other moments where like I just kind of like rolled my eyes and I was like, oh. really? What really put me over the edge, you know, with my love for this film, um, really just boils down to the cinematography and um, uh, the set design. Um, I just think it captures, you know, the, the wonders and the dangers of space so beautifully. And in my opinion, um, this is probably my second favorite sci-fi film of the last, like, five years. 
All right, I can respect it. It's it's yeah. It's, after it's, arrival, it's... after arrival. I never finished Arrival. So good. I fucking love that movie. It is so so good. I'm gonna. I, maybe I'll finish it today. Um. But yeah, no, it's 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 definitely worth a watch if you're a Brad Pitt fan, sci-fi fan, or whatever the hell. I would for sure go watch it. If you're a film fan, go watch it. Um, if you want to see Brad Pitt be sad for like two hours, go watch it. If you want to see Tommy Lee Jones be a dickhead to his son, go watch it. <laughs> yeah, if you hate your dad, go watch it. <laughs> yeah, if you hate your dad, go watch it. <laughs> if you're having, if you have dad issues, like for sure, this is the movie for you. <laughs> Um, other than that though, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So definitely, you know, would recommend, I would, what would you rate it out of 10 or out of five, Steven? Um, well on Letterboxd, I actually give it a four out of five. Four out of five? Yeah. yeah I would, I would, I would probably, probably give it, give it like a, I'd probably give it like a 7.5 out of 10, maybe like an eight. Okay. Yeah. I can respect that. I would say, yeah, four to five would probably be my, probably my rating too. So yeah, really enjoyed it. Definitely recommend it. All right. Um. So I think that's it for this episode. Um. Stay tuned next. Well, this week actually. Um. Next episode's a pretty big one. We're gonna be talking oh. about Joker, and I believe we're gonna be joined by a special guest. Um. I'm not gonna say it on here, so you guys, you know, can be surprised by it. Um. Mark Hamill is joining. Oh, actually, he texted me. Let me see what he said. Bro, we need to get Kevin Feige back on the podcast, man. I know. Yeah, Mark Hamill said that he'll be on. All right, so we should probably... uh, I'll call him a little later. Um, (laughs) So we'll hopefully have that podcast out by Friday, um, if not Saturday morning for sure. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Follow us on Instagram. Big movie that we wanted to review. Absolutely. Uh, Follow us on uh, Instagram. (laughs) We finally kind of figured out the direction we want to take this in. Um, So follow us inside the back lot. Also follow us on Twitter at Inside Backlot on Twitter. Um, you know, to stay up to date with all the latest film news and you know, we do some pretty cool things on social media, I like to think. Yeah, I think I think our social media game has definitely stepped up the past couple of uh weeks. So, you know, definitely go check it out and uh give us a little follow and like yeah, and for sure. retweet and stuff. And um if you can take the time, please uh leave us a rating on iTunes and Spotify. I don't know if Spotify allows for ratings, but if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you could review us on anything, review yeah, us. Yeah, review us. But give us only only if you have a good review. <laughs> yeah, if you have something bad to say, don't say it. Yeah, or just email us. <laughs> um, we would really appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, catch you next time. <laughs>